Lessons from my mother. Written Friday, April 10th, 2020, day 242, morning. As I contemplate what lessons my family has taught me, I am drawn to remember my mother. After revisiting all that my father's life had left for me, I am now looking back at my childhood through the post-grief eyes of an adult. My mother was born in Iowa, her father a Methodist minister, and had a wonderfully engaging personality. He was the type of person who, when he entered the room, changed the atmosphere to one of joy and love. He was just that way. She and her brother grew up as preacher's kids. In those days, ministers lived in a parsonage, a home dedicated by the local church for the pastor and his family to live in. She did not have any real roots in any community, as the family would move as her father would be assigned new churches to lead. An interesting thing about preacher's kids, the stereotype is that they often do not reflect their religious upbringing as strongly as you might think. When my mom was old enough to venture away from home, she moved to the East Coast and pursued a life on her own. She moved as far away as she could from Iowa, taking a job as a switchboard operator in Baltimore, Maryland. As I can see, the stature of her father's personality was so great, his family seemed to have missed the boat of the love he broadcasted to those he served. Her brother, who moved to Kansas as an adult, was not affected either. Both siblings were never overly religious. They had that part of their upbringing in their backgrounds, but it was never something that became prominent in their day-to-day lives. To me, she was comforting. As a child, I always remember being loved by her. As in many families, when she raised her voice or called me by my full name, you knew there was trouble waiting to be resolved, and I was usually the primary suspect. When I was older, I could have been around eight or nine, she was in the hospital, as I later learned as an adult, due to a large benign tumor that had been discovered and had to be removed. In those days, children were strictly not allowed to visit in hospitals, and I was beside myself that she was not home. I remember my dad driving us to the hospital where she waved to me out the window. I do remember being so upset and crying. It was so bad that I was not able to attend school for a few days. It's one of those memories, even now, that gives me a moment of deep reflection on what she meant to me. When I was ill, one of the most lasting memories I have of her was rubbing my forehead for comfort. It was such a connection, so strong, that even today I can remember being comforted by those occasions. I remember also quite clearly our eighth grade play I was a part of. I, never really being a part of the in-group of kids, was assigned a part, actually that of an announcer. As the audience was coming into the auditorium, I can still remember the other children telling me, so that's your mother? Wow, she's so young and beautiful. You can imagine how proud I felt to have that recognition being the introverted child that I was. Like my father, she was a worker. While I was in grade school, in the later years, 7th or 8th grade, as I remember, she worked in the grocery store right around the corner from our home, the store in which the future jewel of my life would later be introduced to me. My mother worked, I'm sure for economic reasons, but also as a contributor to the family. This, of course, left me alone after school, a latchkey child, way before society in general moved to abandon more of its children. I missed her being home. I'm sure our relationship suffered from our lack of time together. I missed her being home, putting together the dinners we had. She was a wonderful cook. 
I was a bit too fussy in the way children are, but when she made something, it was wonderful. As a working mother, those days of cooking diminished over time, something I always missed. I remember us making fudge brownies together for some reason. They're faint memories, but wonderful ones that I hold on to. We were never really close emotionally, although my affection for her would be something that would always be with me. She seems superficial in a way, no doubt because of never being able to form deep roots with people. My father and her never really had close personal friends. My father associated with those fellow salesmen and their families. They became an extension of our own. Unfortunately, not anything deep that survived in the long term. They were actually a bit critical of others, something in the background I never really consciously embraced at that time, yet have found leftover elements of that in my own life I have worked to overcome. But when I think of her, I know she cared. The memories I have of her are of that nature. I felt connected, wanted more, but had to settle for what was there. She was a good mother to me. I always felt loved by her, and although there was never really a deep connection, she did give me a solid foundation, which in many ways I cannot quantify. That foundation that made me a stable and secure person. I never doubted that they would be there for me. When I came home that night in January 1973 and told my parents I would have to stay with Joanne, read Volume 2, Essay 17, alone, they were both very matter-of-fact about it. I had just turned 22 and had been planning on going at some point. But the suddenness of the event was faced with a very understanding outlook. I can still remember her saying, well, the little bird has to leave the nest. A bit of Midwestern wisdom that perhaps came through. I did not want to leave them so abruptly. But the new and overwhelming love that had grown beyond what I had ever thought it could become and the utter emotional devastation that Joanne faced were so compelling to me. I had to go to her. I do attribute my inherent stability as a person to my mother. She may not have exhibited all of the traits I would have liked, but she did instill in me a commitment and rationality that has served me well, a stability that I know has enabled me to make better decisions. The examples that we have in our lives often are in the background of our lives. Those unspoken attitudes often buried in the issues of our parents as they struggled with the lives they were leading. I have a solid, stable upbringing. My mother, I know, was a stabilizer for my father as most wives are for their husband. Although they tried to have more children, I was their only one. I am so grateful for their strength that they gave me. A strength given to me in the midst of their weaknesses that is something I will always be grateful for and live each day as a tribute to that strength.